What's up, Lions of Liberty fans? You can now support this show on Patreon and get exclusive access to bonus audio and video content, including Conspiracy Corner, Degenerate Gamblers, bonus segments with guests, and so much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. Everybody, it is me. Real quick, uh, before the show kicks in, I mistakenly sent myself an email with all my show topics saying this was going to be episode 94. It's not! It's episode 93. So when you hear me say ELL 94 and going to Lions of Liberty uh, for the show notes, it is lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL 93. This is episode 93. I will uh, summarily cat and nine tails myself as penance. Anyway, enjoy. Hey, 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 everybody out there. This is Brian McWilliams, your lovely... An adorable host who is here with you once again on this Electric Liberty Land. Of course, this is Electric Liberty Land episode number 94, meaning you can find all the show notes at lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL94. And at the top of the show, before I bring in a very special guest, an unwilling guest, some would say, in truth, for being perfectly honest, I do want to tell you guys that uh, we're working tonight, we're working with ammo.com, and they came and, and approached us because they love the show. These guys are libertarians. They love what we're doing, and they wanted to be a part of it, not only for us, but also for a lot of different organizations, charities, which they support, and they're putting out content. If you check their blog, they're writing a lot about libertarian issues, not only related to Second Amendment rights. So I want to give them a shout-out. They are an official sponsor, and I'll be doing some more formal sponsorship on ELL down the road. But for now, go buy some ammo. Check them out. Just go to ammo.com forward slash Lions of Liberty and you'll get a very special discount for us and all of our listeners. And I would really appreciate it if you did. Now then, let me welcome in my guest today. Some of you may know him already. Anybody that's in the pride will know him already. And those of you who have listened to the show for a long time, my long-standing, long-suffering listeners will recognize this man. But he has not been on an official Lions of Liberty broadcast in some time. And is only on the show now because they forced him to as a component of staying in my house overnight. So let me welcome in the legal man of mystery, Rico. Well, hello. It's uh, wonderful to be here. Yes. Yeah, well, that <laughs> ringing endorsement. Well, it's good to have you, buddy. You know, it's <laughs> I feel like the people had gone too long without hearing the melodious tones of your voice. The, the way you really sell the concepts of liberty through that monotone of yours. Really comes through. <laughs> oh, that's uh, gonna go on my business cards. So thank you. Wait, you have business cards? <laughs> I do now. Don't tell Howie because he's been bitching about that for a long time. Okay, so we're just gonna kind of do a little bit of a casual show here. And apologies, we're using one microphone, so we'll see. Hopefully, it comes through pretty well. But we're just gonna do a little bit of a casual show, run through some different topics here. The first of which has to be the fallout from Kavanaugh. So you know. I think we all realized ahead of time that there was going to be quite a bit of outcry uh, stemming, no matter which way this went, because that was basically the way the process built this up to be. When you build a man up to be a rapist, 
it's hard to then confirm him and not to have people get a little bit upset. So, <laughs> what do you what do you think the fallout's going to be? Uh, you know, first off, what do you think about the circus we watched? And then, do you think it's going to actually have an impact and make this blue wave people are talking about more of a reality? Um, just going to the second question uh, first, I think it's pretty. It'll be pretty interesting to see what the actual turnout is in this election because. For two years, we've heard about, you know, how mobilized the left is because Donald Trump was elected. And now it's they're going to be super, you know, motivated to get to the polls and get all their uh, left leaning friends in the House, take over the House, take over the Senate and, and start their road to the White House in 2020. So we've been hearing that for two years. But now they're extra motivated, right, <laughs> because. You have Kavanaugh, who is just a vicious serial sexual assaulter of women who later grew up to be leftists, right. <laughs> um, being confirmed to the Supreme Court. But on the other side, you have people talking about the right, like, oh, this is the left's tactics. This is what they do. We cannot let them win. They want to smear anyone who opposes their particular brand of politics and, and what they see as the future of the country. So now everyone on the right is supposedly going to be mobilized and motivated to appear at the election. So if you buy all of that, we should probably see quite a record turnout, right. at least percentage wise. Right. But then that never actually happens. Everyone, every election always says, Oh, we're, we're going to take it back. Yeah. We, we didn't do, we didn't vote last time, but now we're going to vote. Because, you know, blah, blah, blah. So you'd think you'd probably see higher than a 40% turnout, but I'm going to uh, wait and, and see on that one. Yeah. And also, it's like they, these people are trying to capture the younger audience all this time. So it's, I wonder if you're going to see, in fact, more older people come out that might be more riled up by this. Because like you're talking about, we see the the reaction from the right, which is being widely ignored by the media, of course, the, uh, the left-leaning MSN or MSM. But- I saw some different people, you know, different stories talking to conservative women who are a little bit older and, and just are looking what's happened to Kavanaugh. And they said like the mothers and the sisters, you know, and, and that kind of thing that are going to say, well, I'm concerned for my child. You know, if I'm if they're a mother of a boy saying if this is the new standard, I have to fight against this. And I don't like what I saw as, you know, attack on Kavanaugh because he was Christian and white and rich. And, you know, so there's like you're saying, there's going to be a backlash from the Republican side as well. And also independence. During this, they did some other polling. Independents look like they're pretty much still just kind of like in the middle. <laughs> you know, they weren't swayed yeah. by the, either way. And I would, I would, I, I got to think that at least some of them would have been swayed by uh, seeing the Democrats kind of pull this out and attack this man with no, no real evidence or basis. And then people on the other side are going to watch Christine Ford uh, cry and, and tell her story and be moved. So again, it's going to like even itself out. It's going to be a zero sum game. One of the um, interesting things I, I saw in this this whole scenario was where people talked. They prefaced her, you know, their description of her allegations as credible. Right. Yeah. Maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. But it seems kind of misusing the word credible to call her allegations credible. They're confusing the word credible with possible. Right. Or, There's nothing or particularly credible. Like, oh, well, that fits our known, uh, the facts we know about Kavanaugh. That fits, you know, uh, the 1980s Georgetown prep party scene in 1982. <laughs> right. Like, sure, it's possible. Like, it's possible she was at 
a house party and he followed her from a bathroom into the, and he groped her and he tried to, you know, rape her or whatever. That, that is certainly possible. It's also possible he didn't do any of those things. I don't think we've heard any information um, to say, well, yeah, th- that's credible. Why? Right, like, that's yeah. what my question is. Why is it credible? Well, in, in fact, here's what's the thing. Here's what's going to flip this whole shit on its head, especially when we're talking to leftists. Okay, do all these progressives that are saying we, this woman must be believed, are they only saying it because she's in fact an upstanding white woman with comes from a strong educational background that happens to be progressive. Cause I, I think that goes a long way into saying why she was so credible to these people on an instant basis. When like you're saying, there's no evidence. There's no, there's nothing to make this story credible other than the woman that's saying the story, yeah. right? Yeah. Who happens to be white and educated. And then so racism. Well, it's not only that it's, uh, I think her, her brand of credibility was bolstered by the fact that she was accusing a person that they feared would, be instrumental in overturning abortion rights. Right. Yeah. And, um, and no coincidence that you know, people say, what's the motivation behind this? Well, if you're a woman who honestly believes yeah. that he's going to overturn abortion rights and, and set this back to the handmaiden's tale, which is what everybody's fucking mentioned is when they talk about this shit. Of course, you don't think one person's going to be willing to throw themselves upon the pyre and sacrifice themselves for this? Of course they are. Yeah. And when you kind of step back, it's not what is you could almost justify it in your head if if you're coming from that angle saying, well, what's really going to happen to him? He's not going to go to jail. We're right, talking yeah. about Kavanaugh. He, and w- worst case, he's still a circuit court judge. Um, maybe his reputation is thrown in the mud and his family's affected, but think of all the women we are helping by setting forth this narrative. Right. So, yeah, I... I I mean, I, I don't agree with that, you know, lesser of two evils argument at all, but I can, I guess I can, uh, you know, see their narrative and why they're they're doing that, even though I believe it's completely wrong. Yeah. So what's your prediction? Now, the fallout of this, we've got the midterms coming up. Uh, and, and, and I want to talk about, speaking of the midterms coming up, I do want to talk about Dale Kearns in just a minute, uh, who are our buddy John Odermatt is actually his campaign manager, Odie from Pelony Fridays. But what's your prediction now? For these midterms, uh, are the are the Democrats going to take back the Senate? Are they going to make any gains? Or do you think it's going to be just the Republicans will keep their majority? I do not think they're going to take back the Senate. I think there's just as many uh, vulnerable Democrats in the Senate up for re-election as there are Republicans. So you may see uh, seats change on both sides. Um, but I think it's going to continue to be razor thin. Uh, maybe they will. You could, I don't even know what the uh, split in the, the house is. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I'll top my head either. Um, they would have to make you know more significant gains, which theoretically is possible. It's midterm elections. Generally, the party out of the out of the White House makes big gains in the House, but I don't see the the blue wave that they're talking about coming through. It's yeah. the same polls that said Hillary Clinton was going to win in a cakewalk. Yeah, right. The, the generic poll that they use, right? They say that that generic poll has the Democrats up by 13 points, mm-hmm. which is quite a large amount over yeah. the general Republican. But I agree. I think that the people that are most um, – I don't even know what the word I'm looking for – most excited to answer – the people that might be phoning them. And also, I still don't know who the fuck is answering these calls. If you, yeah. I mean, who's answering the robocalls? O- old people that are that are sitting at home answering like a landline? Because yeah. I know I don't get any calls and I'm active. I'm active. I'm registered. My phone's in the database. 
I mean, who's actually answering this? But yeah, the people that are most excited to answer these dumb polls are probably, you know, the progressives who are going to go, yeah, I'm going to get out there and vote. And is it, um, is that 13 points, you know, 13 points spread evenly across every district in the country? Or is, you know, did the Democrats see a huge surge in New York City and California? The the California Republicans on the ropes. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, I I see uh, sweet uh, seats swinging both ways and... Republicans, maybe even, maybe, uh, I think, I still think they'll hold on, but I wouldn't be shocked to see, you know, 51, 49 Democrat, but there's always going to be those swing votes. They're not going to have some kind of super majority to do some of this nonsense, like impeach Kavanaugh (laughs) two months after he was confirmed (laughs) for something that they already went over. It's so absurd. Yeah. And and that's where if you, I mean, if you want to see a real, uh, Republican surge that I think would actually do it. You, I think that would be a, a crossing the board point. I mean, you talk about what what it would take for a civil war to occur in this country. Is that something that? Well, probably not. We have too much to lose. I don't think any civil war is ever no. going to happen in this country. There's too much too much to lose on all ends. Which is why what's so funny with all these fucking socialists complaining about how things are so unequal. Those motherfuckers ain't going to go and have a civil war. You know why? Too much to lose. Even well, the poorest people. Too much to lose. Well, the other thing that. I haven't seen too much mentioned. Maybe it is other places, but they talk about the loss of Kennedy is the loss of the moderate swing vote. Right. But does the left forget that it was actually John Roberts who had the, uh, the vote upholding Obamacare yeah. in a way that they didn't even argue that it should be upheld. So right. I don't know that John or, uh, John Roberts is some kind of, uh, you know, living, uh, Antonin Scalia, he's, he, he could be the new uh, swing vote himself. So, you know, there's always going to be some kind of moderate, quote unquote, to, you know, see where he goes and how that shifts the court. And he's a chief justice, so you never know how it's going to. Well, they also were saying out. that there's, uh, they were led through all the different things that Merrick Garland voted on and John mm. Kavanaugh voted on, and they matched 93% of the time. Yeah. You know, it's like they're, they're up there pretty high. I guess there are certain things they don't screen. And, and again, I'm not going to go into saying why Kavanaugh does suck. He wouldn't have been my choice. I doubt he would have been your no, choice. No. But he's in there now, and, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, it's just like for, for people to pretend this is the end of the world is just fucking retarded. Yeah. Um, and just the last kind of thought I had on him, it's it seems pretty ridiculous how weaponized these confirmation hearings have come. And, and that's a, you know, a Lindsey Graham talking point almost, which is shameful that it <laughs> comes out of my mouth. But you look at Sotomayor and Kagan, none of this nonsense happened. Right. They, they were confirmed with uh, many Republicans voting in favor of them, even though they didn't um, agree with their policies. This is what happens. This is, the consequence of elections, as Obama, I believe, said, you will elect a, uh, a Republican, which Donald Trump apparently is. He gets to appoint the Supreme Court justices. Right. That's what so, works. you know, <laughs> fucking suck a dick. It happens. Well, it's like you see, like uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was calling for the you know, abolishing the Electoral College and how every senator needs to have, you know, every state should have the exact same number of, uh, of, of representation and it's just, or a representation according to population type of thing, which I've been over this, you know, a, a billion times with people. But it's just such a stupid idea, which would lead to 100 percent to just yeah. small minority senators or small, small centers of mass populations thinking the same way, controlling the entire swath of 
uh, America, which is exactly the opposite well, of what we would want. There would be two countries. There would be the giant uh, red in the middle. Right, yeah. And then there would be the blue New York City, Washington belt. And you'd hop on over to L.A. Yep. and San Francisco. It right? would be like literally that. It's like that fucking Matt Damon uh, movie where he's they've got Elysium, you know, where it's like you've got the cities and then yeah. you've got everything between the cities. That's what America would turn into. And uh, it would not be a good thing. I think you'd see a lot of people die on cross-country trips. <laughs> Yes. Well, I've never seen Elysium, so... All right, well, I doubt that you've ever seen uh, a Deliverance either with Burt Reynolds where he gets raped in the woods. But, you know, that's where you see a lot more hillbillies raping people in the woods that might be having New York plates driving through. Okay. Well, you know, I guess good fodder for uh, more movies. Yes, exactly. More Supreme Court nominations. (laughs) Yes. Um, All right, so the next thing I want to hit on is related, as I said, to... One of our own, John Odermatt, who is uh, Dale Kern's campaign manager. Dale's running for Senate in Pennsylvania. I think he's polling somewhere around like 3%, something like that. But he does have ballot access, as does the other uh, candidate for the Green Party that's running. And they were promised, and they have email documentation, which uh, Reason just wrote about this. They had some emails leak to Reason magazine. And they wrote a big write-up because... The League of Women Voters, who run a lot of these polls, or a lot of these debates, excuse me, and WPIV, which is one of the uh, the local TV stations in the area, they were hosting this debate between the candidates. They promised Dale Kearns many times that he was going to be included. They said, of course, why would we not include you? Again, he's on the ballot. And then at the last minute, WPIV and the League of Women Voters pull the rug out. Now, The League of Women Voters is blaming the TV station, saying that they make the end call on who gets into the debate or not. Seems uh, like a dubious claim to me. And WPIV claims that they have a 10% cutoff for anybody being included in the debate. Now, of course, this is arbitrary horseshit. It's the same thing we saw to keep Gary Johnson out of the debates, for better or worse. And I wonder, Rico, uh, what, what do you think about this? Is this simply... Uh, even though it's PBS, is this is this PBS going out of its way to keep the duopoly alive? And do you think that that the League of Women Voters and PBS are colluding to fuck over libertarians? Um, I think they have probably just as much vested interest in the two party um, system as as most of the the rest of the country. They don't give a shit. It's they don't see where it's in their interest to have uh, third-party candidates, even if it's, you know, the third biggest party. Um, I, I wouldn't say PBS is by any stretch a, a neutral organization. Yeah, I would say not. Uh, I wouldn't say the League of Women Voters is a, a neutral organization. I'm going to guess they go mostly <laughs> blue. I, if, I <laughs> had to, if I had to gamble, <laughs> I would uh, go with you on that one, too. I, I don't know that they're directly saying, oh, fuck the libertarians. It's like... I think they're basically like, fuck everyone who's not the left, but we have to tolerate the Republicans. We, yeah. we, we, we can't, can't, have have a, <laughs> can't have a debate amongst ourselves, even though that would be the most optimal thing. I think actually um, the left would probably prefer that. Just have Oh, just two debate left. who's the bigger victim. That would be the, the debates from now on. <laughs> like we've got a we've got a uh, one-footed diabetic black man who was raised by two uh, Somalian immigrants versus a woman who was uh, beaten by her Italian barber father and now is seeking a uh, reclassification as a transvestite. Let's go. <laughs> ding 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 ding. I think that probably has been pitched in the PBS boardroom. 
Um, but yeah, I, I don't see just anti liber just strictly anti-libertarian. Maybe there is. I yeah, don't I mean, know. They, well, they excluded the Green Party too, but I guess, and I and I can't fall into the trap of like, but really, who cares about the Green Party? Yeah. What are they pulling at? Because I mean, I, I agree that there should be a cutoff at some point if you have ten parties involved. But right. when you have four, how yeah. hard is it to put four people on stage rather than two people on stage? And then, and you know, the moderators decide how much time people get anyway. We saw that with Ron Paul and Rand Paul getting fucked over with time all the you know, during the debates where they're included. So they really can go out of their way to say, okay, you're included, but we can marginalize you. Yeah. Uh, even that's a step forward. Well, I think this also goes a little bit back to what I was talking about at the very beginning where, you know, the uh, the voters are, aren't particularly motivated ever. Yeah. And it's the same thing every year. Um, you see just a general lack or a general apathy. People say that they're motivated, but their motivation doesn't extend much past Facebook. posting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I was say, Facebook memes. Yeah. If people stayed informed you know, constantly. Then they say, oh, I'd want to hear what the libertarian has to say. But people don't know jack shit until, you know, a month or two before the election. And they're like, oh, God, I better learn. And and then, you know, but if they kept uh, informed the whole, the whole, you know, constantly, they'd say, oh, well, I know who Dale Kearns is. I want yeah. to hear from him. Right. But you need, you need people to actually care. Well, you think that, you know, in the era of, of Trump where people wanted something different, they're looking for outsiders, You'd think more now than ever, people would say, yeah, I want to hear anybody else that has yeah. an opinion other than the fucking Democrat and the Republican. I know what they're going to say already. Like, I mean, I can tell you exactly what they're going to say. The Republicans probably going to talk about coal mining since Pennsylvania, we've got coal. The Democrats going to talk about Kavanaugh nonstop and about fighting back against Trump because that's what every Democrat's talking point is now. And then that's and that'll be the end of the debate. And, yeah. and, and here's the other things Democrats talk about uh, public schooling and uh, and raising raising taxes. That's it. And the environment, of course. Yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah. So anyway. We're like two uh, Democrats debating each other on PBS <laughs> right now. Well, I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you even more. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a quick break. I'll be back with more Rico. And we'll get into uh, Nikki Haley's comet or her D comet. Uh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> We don't rise to the level of our expectations, we fall to the level of our training. Those epic words from Archilochus can sum up your ability to succeed or fail in business. I want to recommend Conversation Mat Time to our listeners as a way to hone your one-on-one -on -one conversation skills in a role-playing session that can help take you to the next level. During 25-minute sessions, you'll work through the best way to approach that raise, that interview, or that relationship with a practice professional that will provide the confidence and experience you need to get paid what you're worth or take that interpersonal risk you've never been able to conquer. Just like in jiu-jitsu, the difference between a novice and a black belt is mat time. Train to win. Visit conversationmattime.com and take advantage of a free 15-minute consultation just for listeners of this show. All right, we are back with Electric Liberty Land, episode number 94. Meaning, again, you can find all the show notes for today's episode as well as that link to ammo.com with our special sponsorship link. Just go to lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL94. And I do have Rico still here, still begrudgingly taking part in this episode of Electric Liberty Land. Rico, how you feeling halfway through? I tried to leave, but the doors were locked. Yes, so. and I have a dog that's pretty mean on the other yeah, side. <laughs> also true, so still stuck here. Yeah, baby, stuck in the middle with you. 
Well, actually, the microphone's stuck in the middle of us. Anywho, let's get back here. Let's let's talk a little bit Nikki Haley, um, a woman who I do find attractive. I'll say that. I'll say that she's a good-looking broad. Uh, no offense to the ladies out there that might not like the term broad, but I love it. So I'm going to stick with it. And uh, But, no, I, you know, Nikki Haley, when she got appointed to the position, I actually was like, okay, okay, cool. I, I, I could get into that. But then, as I've seen her basically be this, this puppet for Trump and take positions, which I've talked about this show before, like, I don't know if you heard the episode where I was talking about how the U.S. had opposed a resolution condemning the death or condemning uh, throwing gay people off of buildings and murdering them for being gay because they thought then if they did that, that the world community would condemn us for still having capital punishment. I actually I think I did hear that episode. Yes. yes. Quite a ridiculous position, some would say. Yes, but it also kind of shows the ridiculousness of the UN in general, that yeah. we're playing tit for tat about resolutions that don't really mean anything to begin with. Yeah. So we're arguing about something that's not going to actually have any change. Right. Or, 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 Unenforceable. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, well, what the, what are we doing here? Yeah, true. It, it does reinforce why the hell are we even a part of the, the UN in general? What's the point? What's the purpose? What's the point of any of it? And then, of course, Nikki Haley also. Uh, it took a, a great moment to lecture Iran on uh, being an influencer on on their, you know, like not respecting other countries' borders and 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 trying to influence other people's you know, regimes. And it's just like it was the most tone deaf, hypocritical <laughs> thing. It lacked seen. a certain amount of self awareness. I think <laughs> it really did. So so Nikki now is is stepping down, and she resigned to I think it was like October. I don't even know, fifth or something. She sent the actual letter through. And uh, I'm not going to read the whole letter, but it was very generous to Trump. It was very thankful to Donald Trump. You know, it seems like she's going to be on good terms and had said, you know, thank you for the honor. I served for two years and I've been in government for, you know, 14 years now. And basically the crux of the letter was that she wanted to go back into the private sector. So what do you think about that, Rico? Is it is this uh, a smokescreen is it that she actually does want to go in the private sector or is she just sick of being tied to Trump and and uh, and seeing what's happened with Kavanaugh? And is this I mean, is the left scaring people off now because of this horseshit? <laughs> I don't think she would be scared off as far as her a- uh, actual motivations. I suppose it would just be reckless speculation. Um, <laughs> certainly, you could see her just wanting to go into the private sector and make – a ton of money now. Yeah. Um, but, and she did say that people like her consider taking a private sector is not or going to the private sector is not a step down after being government, but in fact, a step up, which and, it should be considered by yeah. all goddamn people. And it, it also could be a matter of her just thinking, OK, well, you know, I've done this U.N. position for two years. And at the end of the day, what am I really affecting? Yeah. You know, I'm. I'm a government employee on a government employee salary, supposedly. Um, but, uh, you know, the UN doesn't, it doesn't really, ad- I don't know how it advances the U.S. interests in anything concrete. The U.S. Yeah. can do whatever they want, anyways. Like, if someone yells at us and says, <clears throat> you better not go into Syria, we're like, okay, <laughs> you know, sure. Or, uh, you know, the whole, um, the U.S. moved the, uh, uh, the, uh, what's the emba- what the word? In- Spit it out! Oh, is Israel the yeah? Uh, okay, yeah, the embassy. Yes, yeah, to Jerusalem. It's a, a tongue twisting word, right there. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, they moved to Jerusalem uh, amidst you know near unanimous condemnation from right, the UN. Yeah. It's like, well, 
what the fuck do we care right, yeah, if exactly. you agree with us or not? <laughs> and what are you going to do? Is the, is the UN going to sanction us? I mean, the UN's in New York City. Like, yeah, true. It, we, we owe the UN. We rent you this building. Guess what, UN? You're out. So it, it could just be a matter of everyone like, look, you know, I've, my <laughs> position has run its course. I'm, I'm pretty bored with it now. What, yeah. what else is there for me to do with this? I maybe I, she wants to be a lobbyist. Maybe she wants to be in the public sector. Maybe she wants to be uh, an elected official on a, a different level than governor or state rep. Well, there is that rumor that she was that. Well, actually, it's not even a rumor. It's Howie Snowden throwing out uh, conjecture that Nikki Haley that basically his his uh, conspiracy theory that I don't know if he made up or if he heard it somewhere on on the Reddit. I'm sure it was Reddit. Probably Reddit. So he throws out this idea, though, that Trump is going to fire Sessions. He's going to make Lindsey Graham attorney general, which we can all look forward to hearing Lindsey Graham fucking lisp his way through any number of statements as attorney general. Uh, And then Nikki Haley would then take his spot as a senator. Well, I don't know why if Lindsey Graham would really want to do that, because he's one of the more powerful senators. Yeah. And the Republican side. I don't know if, if Sessions w- had that level of power within the Senate that Lindsey Graham did. Um, he, you know, Lindsey Graham's famous for being a, a war hawk and, yep. uh, you know, on that spectrum. I, I don't remember Sessions in that regard. I, I remembered I didn't like him. He was, you know, pretty much a uh, death penalty for, uh, for marijuana. marijuana yeah. was, you know, I didn't find him to be a great candidate for attorney general either. But I, I don't see Lindsey Graham leaving the Senate for the attorney general job, which always comes with the kind of threat that, oh, well, maybe uh, Trump's not going to yeah, like you. Or yeah, you, know, you could just be fired. And yeah. is, is it a big pay increase? Yeah, even, even that, um, Trump could be – you know, defeated in two years in the election. Right. And then, then where's Lindsey Graham? He's not in the Senate. He's not the attorney general. Yep. So I don't see that happening. And once all. you're out, it's like, it's not like the you know, the Republicans are going to be like, oh, Lindsey, welcome back. No, it's like, it's a doggy dog yeah. world there. They're going to be like, whoever's in there, they're going to be like, we don't want that jackass back in there. We moved on. Especially we got a new if, power structure. If they did have Nikki Haley in. Right. You know, so he's not going to, I don't see that uh, conspiracy being, uh, actually coming true at all. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, man. I I, and she was adamant. I mean, she was really adamant about, like, I just, I do not want to be in government any longer. Like, I just want to be in the private sector. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, I, I did love the conspiracy just for the Jeff Sessions get the uh, F out of here. But yeah. it seems like he's been pretty much neutered anyways, like, yeah, what, what I, is he really doing? I don't know. I've been, I other than I mean, really, other than the rumors about Trump firing him, I can't think of the last time I heard Jeff Sessions actually say or do anything of note. Clearly, his drug war isn't a top priority for the Trump administration. No, the only Thank other God. thing of any relevance, it seems, with the Department of Justice is the Russia investigation, right? Um, which he also has no part in. So I, I don't know what exactly he's doing. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, by the way, we've all we've all forgotten about the Russia investigation during these these, uh, these festive months of Kavanaugh bashing. So I'm wondering what say have you do you have any, any update on that? Have you seen anything? Because I haven't read anything in weeks about it. Well, he just had the meeting with Rosenstein. Was it yesterday or two days ago? Which was supposed to have been held. 
um, a couple weeks ago, right mm-hmm. after the whole Rosenstein right, report saying that he wanted that to he use the Twenty Fifth Amendment to get you know, wiretap and get him out on that, which again is the most retarded thing ever. If they actually tried to get Trump out based upon the Twenty Fifth Amendment and try to get him out because he wasn't mentally fit, that I, 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 again, that's where I, I wonder: is that something that was actually set off a fucking revolution in this country? Where people would just be like, "This is." Over the top. So I think there's going to be plenty of fodder for conspiracy in that meeting because you'd think a person like Trump, upon hearing that news, is going to say, get to my office now right. and, and just go ballistic. But it seems like he almost – he delayed it pretty long. You know, no. It's been weeks. Um, and two things I thought is, one, he's either trying to get – additional leverage over Rosenstein mm-hmm. um, to kind of get him to more fall in line, maybe take a, a more control over uh, the Mueller investigation or two. Maybe he's trying to stretch this out enough and it didn't seem like he stretched it out enough, but to, to get past the midterms and then November, whatever it is, November 8th, say you're fired and him firing him in November is not going to have any impact. You know, if he waited to fire Rosenstein after the elections, you you can't (laughs) then make more people send in absentee votes or anything. Whereas if he fired them mid-October, that's just another thing that could theoretically uh, mobilize the left. Mm. Well, here's another theory that I think was floated out a while ago, is that Trump actually had Rosenstein do this to try to, like, bait the media in. And, you know, do you hear anything about this? It was like, it was this whole false conspiracy where Trump had been, he's on the ends with Rosenstein. He's like, oh, yeah, say this and we'll get him to do that. I mean, I think it's bullshit, but <laughs> it's 40, 45 This is a, Yeah, this is a, from the people <laughs> who claim that, you know, Trump's been pulling the strings since, like, 2002, right, yeah. setting all these moves in motion for when he became president. 14 years later. I don't believe that. Yeah, well, I don't either. All right, well, moving on. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about Antifa in Portland, a city which I had a wonderful time in. I didn't, when I was there, just drinking and uh, and you were stealing people's keys. <laughs> we had a wonderful time and no, 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 not Antifa, and Antifa is to be seen anywhere. But they were out in force because they were holding a vigil for a guy who was basically a black man who was shot in, uh, shot and killed by police there recently. And they had this, this vigil for him. Patrick Kimmons is his name. Wherein, of course, uh, this tactic that I don't know why the left loves to use it, but they decide they're going to block off major fucking roadways and be a massive inconvenience that pisses everybody off. So, of course, they're out there blocking the roadway, having this vigil. And uh, blocking people who want to get through, one of whom happened to be a man with North Carolina plates that was trying to get through this video on the internet, which I will link to at the show notes. But you can see they're trying to tell him that he has to turn right. He's like, I would like to go straight. <laughs> Going right is not what I want to do. Please let me pass through and drive on this main road, which, you know, they didn't have fucking permits to do this shit either, by the way. They just took over the road. So they see these Antifa screaming at this man. And physically, physically threatening him. And they, the, the best part of the video, though, to me at least, Rico, was when they pan the camera over. And I'm not sure who took the video, but he pans the camera over and shows that there's a cop just sitting there doing absolutely fucking nothing and watching these animal douchebags take over a street, scream at people, upset the, the flow of traffic, and basically become their own little traffic cop city for however long this took, an hour. So, I mean, what's the fucking point of having cops? 
Well, I don't see the end game. Maybe I'm just not thinking in the same lines as them. So you want to have some kind of civil protest, civil disobedience. Um, but you'd think you'd want people that aren't aware of the situation to see your point and come to your side. Yep. Being complete assholes or <laughs> violent or threatening to people who don't know what's going on doesn't seem to me to be the tactic to get additional people aware of your message and to sympathize with it. Whatever happened to just putting up posters, you know, and this actually is effective for me at least, but maybe that's just me and I have a short attention span. But you know, you're driving down the road, you go into a freeway overpass and there's people there with signs. There's a bunch of them and they got signs and bangers and you, and you look up and you're like, Oh, look at that shit. Yeah. How about that? And you think about it a little bit, you know, it's like, and rather than like you're saying, rather than intimidation and ruining someone's day where now you, you empirically, you go, fuck that organization. And now, you know, it's like this, this guy, Patrick Kimmons, I don't know if he's innocent or guilty. They're saying he shot two people. So maybe he's guilty. I don't know. Yeah, that that should that fact should be relevant to Antifa at least. Maybe hold the vigil a little bit until some facts come out. We know yeah. a little bit more about this. Um, and I also think there's a big difference between you know kind of a peaceful um, protest inconveniencing others, like everyone sits down and and the square and and traffic is shut out, as opposed to th- actually threatening people. Yeah. And calling people white supremacists because they have a driver's license from North Carolina. I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love this, by the way. Let me just take a quote from this video, too. Okay, this is so the video, If you should go to watch it uh, yourself. But there's like a big, let's just call her a, a girthy lady who is yelling at people. Then there's a big white dude yelling at people. And then there's another big black dude yelling at people. And that's the basic three people screaming at this car. But the woman goes, just go that way. And she goes, and he goes, why do I have to go that way? And she goes, because I told you to. Not anything like, you think that'd be the opportunity to be like, well, we're holding this vigil for a man who was shot unfairly. No, that's not the way Antifa works, right? It's just screaming. And then this guy goes, again, this is a white man talking to another white man. He probably identifies as black, though. Yeah, brother. Yeah, you white, white little white fucker. Uh, says this man who's white himself. And then he says, the First Amendment, get the fuck down the road. Now, Rico, I don't know about you, but for what I know about the First Amendment, it doesn't include screaming uh, curses at people and forcing them to drive the way that you want down a public public throughway. Well, I never claim to be a constitutional scholar either, so, you know, maybe this man uh, knows some case law that I'm not aware of. Uh, I, I know that there's, you know, you can assemble with the First Amendment, but you can't, you know threaten violence against a person that is asking questions to yeah, you. Yeah, you think it again, a perfect opportunity to explain, maybe make a friend. Maybe they would have gotten it. If they had just answered differently, maybe they would have gotten out of that car and said, hey, we'll take part in your vigil. New new buddy, new, new black clad uh, Antifa buddy who likes Cheetos. Maybe, you know, instead of going with the opinion that Trump won because 51% of the country is racist, <laughs> um, Maybe they should think like, you know, maybe we're just pissing people off with our tactics and people are voted for Trump as almost a F you back to us. Yeah. I don't know. Go figure. It's, there's there's got to be something to it. All right. Let's finish up on uh, a thank God, a, a rebuttal to some of the madness, to some of this, the one sided madness that has been going on, especially because you do see people and, and Kavanaugh is no exception, but you see people always citing ridiculous um, statistics that are basically academic grievance studies. Uh, these are studies put forth by 
third wave feminists. These are people that are put forth by people that are trying to prove a specific point about gender or race. And some of the concepts of the papers that have been accepted, republished, and cited in media with no concern for the validity of them, for no concern whether or not they've been properly vetted, has been brought into the spotlight because a group of three people, uh, Helen Pluckrose, James A. Lindsay, and Peter Bogosian, got together and submitted something like 20, 20 plus papers to all of these different gender studies and, and not just like bottom of the barrel website gender studies or race studies or feminist studies or whatever these publications are, but the very top journals in their field. And they sent them these papers called uh, the Grievance Studies Affairs, what they named it, and where they were accepted in an unprecedented number of them, especially when you take it into, con into context. And they wrote a whole article for Arrow Magazine breaking this all down, saying why, how they did it, etc. But if you take it in, in the context of this magazine article where they say a common professor to get tenure right at a, at a top university has to have a paper accepted once a year for seven years. These people had seven papers accepted in a period of something like six months. And they had an additional six papers that had been accepted but not through yet. They had two more they're waiting to hear back from. They only had two papers thrown out. And I'm trying to scroll through this article. One of the one of the top papers they submitted was called Dog Park. And this piece was included in, in again, one of the top journals, not only included in, in it, run by it, but was cited in their top most influential papers of the year, the top 12, as one of the best papers. Now, this article itself was based upon observations of going to a dog park and seeing how many times male dogs raped other dogs at the park and somehow extending this into the ways we should treat men who rape people and how we can stop rape culture in America by observing this dog park. Like, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. And they had other papers talking about chaining up white students in college, not letting them talk or interact with the, the other classmates to do, you know, to prove something about race. On and on and on. But the fact that these papers were accepted and the fact that they continue to, to run rubbish like this that's unfettered and unchecked is shocking to me. So, Rico, I know you haven't read a lot of this, this article or the papers, so I'm springing this on you today. But what do you think? Will this have any impact whatsoever on, gen on grievance papers and grievance scholarship, on um, activist research, etc.? Will this serve as a wake-up call or will it be here today, gone tomorrow, and people will forget just how fucking stupid the shit has gotten? Well, one, why are you shocked by it? No, I, I mean, I, I'm not shocked by it. I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I'm shocked either. I, I really don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not shocked at all. I, I don't know how many people this will actually, this information will actually reach this whole kind of scandal. Um, but I think enough will be, and, and it could be used to kind of just confirm biases people might already have about, you know, how um, bias research papers or position papers are. You can look at the uh, climate study reports from wherever in England, you yeah. know, a few years ago, that kind of the famous hockey curve that was yep. just made up all that data. They, they cherry picked data to support their conclusions. Well, and and our, our own university, Michael Mann, one of the most respected, quote unquote, climate scientists was complicit in that whole cover up and trying to. Uh, you know, pressuring journals to look over and not publish papers that were from other sources to covering up data. He's still cited yeah. as one of the top people. And he was already exposed as a hack. So I think the amount 
uh, of weight that just the average person p- puts in some of these studies, these papers, is already minimal to begin with. You hear it on both sides. You know, for example, the climate, if, uh, I don't know, I guess you, to use the word climate change deniers, mm-hmm. they look at papers like the one we just talked about and said, well, you know, their research is bullshit. Um, you know, they're, they're cherry picking data to support their agenda. And then people on the other side will say, well, those studies that you're uh, oil studying, funded, yeah, oil funded, big oil, big oil. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know, how much weight does does the do these papers have on persuading people who might be kind of initially opposed to or, or uh, skeptical of that viewpoint? Anyways, right. I, I think the bigger kind of issue is just how much academic credibility these journals and, and our universities have in general. Yeah. Um, and, well, and also and because the mainstream media parrots this information yeah. verbatim without checking it. They presume because it's coming from a university or from this journal that it's already been vetted. But these, this process has exposed that the vetting mm-hmm. is as ridiculous as, as the paper itself. And, and also, I forgot to mention, the people that wrote these papers were asked by several of these journals to be on their vetting team. So now they would be vetting other ridiculous papers. Well, that's comforting. Yeah, um, yeah. Just in the high standards. I think the uh, just the academic integrity of of our institutions in general is is going down daily compared yeah. to what people thought of universities twenty years ago. Now, like it's like, why are we sending them? 30 grand a year for our kids to go here and learn this crap. Right. And you can major in gender studies yeah. or any of these like like these these concepts these papers are based in that have no definitive right or wrong, they have no definitive uh science behind them. So why do they even exist? It's basically philosophy courses. It's yeah. like paying people to have philosophy courses except they actually could have impact on policy decisions because the mainstream media parrots these fucking bullshit studies and now people use them when they're on the campaign trail trying to push through a bill or something else or trying to have children get hormone therapy at you know five years old yeah it's it's, uh, just things are seem to be just increasingly progressive radicalized positions that are taken the the research that supposedly supports these conclusions so i don't know how much um they're really persuading anyone of anything yeah. other than people that already bought into the concept to begin with. Yeah, well, and to, to echo that, and I'll finish the episode up on this note. Uh, a, a buddy of mine I knew way back when, back in uh, high school, he wrote on my wall, because I shared this article on my, my Facebook page. And of course, anytime I share something like this that is anti-left, because again, the left so I so identifies with all this gender politics, racist politics bullshit. Um, you know, telling these people, like, look, this is bullshit. You got to read this article. It's vital. Of course, I get like four likes from people that are libertarians and nothing else. No other reaction except one buddy who's a doctor. He's a medical doctor. And this is his this is his way of tap dancing around the actual results of this and, and, and trying to take the moral high ground somehow to maintain his own ego during this. This is a buddy of mine named Matt. He writes, I have a methodological, tough word, concern, if you will. Because they wrote what they did like a scientific experiment, not a journalistic inquiry, they either did one of two things. Committed fraud, which cost them the right to remark on what they did. (laughs) That's, That's what he says. If I got got, that's what I'd call it. I don't know, whatever. And number two, did prankish experiments on human subjects without their knowledge consent. Now, they didn't do the second one. This is all created out of nothing, which, again, proves the point is how ridiculous these studies are. 
But the fact that this guy, now he does admit, he said they look stupid and it's more serious than this affair because these are peer reviewed. So he acknowledges that there's an issue here, right? He acknowledges there's a problem with the system. But can you believe this? He's trying to say that they committed fraud by exposing the corrupt system. Isn't there fraud in the first fucking place that's being perpetrated every day by these journals that has been exposed? How can you how can you have fraud against fraud? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, it depends on who the fraud is being committed against. That's the only relevance, apparently. Yeah. Agreed. Well, hey, I, I just like that you've taken time today, Rico, to help me per perpetuate the fraud on our audience that we do every time here by uh, conning them into listening to our voices and hearing some sort of rational take on what's going on in the news today. So thank you for playing along, Rico, is in this that, edition. Is that what we did? Rational takes? I, well, <laughs> rational as you can get in this day and age. All right, well, I'll go with it. Well, we're both sober, so more rational than typically. Uh, yeah, well, for now. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> all right, so anyway, thanks a lot, Rico. Thank you all for listening. Guys, reminder to listen to Mark Clare on Mondays with his in-depth interviews with Leaders of Liberty movement. Tuesdays, we've got our candidates of, actually Tuesdays and Thursdays now until the midterms, candidates of liberty, where we're talking to leaders and, uh, and people that are running for office in the Senate, in the House, trying to make some, some strides here as the midterms approach. And of course, John Odiotermat Adam Fridays with Pony Fridays. All right, that's it. So for me, Brian McWilliams from Lions of Liberty and from Electric Liberty Land, always stay plugged in to liberty. <laughs> <laughs>